1: Hey everybody! This is Curtis Patrick of Rotoviz, and this is an emergency episode of the Dynasty Command Center podcast. I can't, I can't remember a season with so much quarterback turmoil. I mean, this is a year where you hope that you're just playing single QB dynasty leagues. Um, you know, we encourage super flex and branching out, but man, starting two quarterbacks, uh, no fun. This year, we've lost Andrew Luck. We've lost Nick Foles. Now we've lost Drew Brees for what could amount to be upwards of half of the remainder of the season. And Ben Roethlisberger out for the year needing elbow surgery. So in particular, with these last three injuries that we're dealing with, I want to just cut up each of these team situations, talk a little bit uh, in organic fashion about what it means for the rest of the fantasy skill players and the offenses. And in the event that you are in quarterback starting lineup trouble, which one of the replacement quarterbacks is the best option for you? So let's start. We're a week late on this. But let's start with Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, this guy looks like he could be the king of swag. We've got the uh, pictures circulating where he's, you know, dressed like some sort of late 70s disco coke lord. And uh, I mean, this guy has balled out, Uh, you know, highly accurate. Uh, His coach uh, at Washington State, Mike Leach, obviously a huge fan. A uh, really interesting journey to make it to the NFL, having made several stops in, in college. But he stepped right in and has been pretty impressive. I mean, he's second in the NFL in completion percentage uh, through his two games, and from a fantasy uh, perspective, ranked 16th among quarterbacks in PPR scoring. Um, finishing as a quarterback two in both of his starts, and and really not too far behind quarterback one status. Uh, in his week two matchup against Houston, despite just throwing the one touchdown. Um, So, you know, I like what I've seen from Minshew so far. Uh, The Jaguars look like a team that's going to spread the ball around a little bit at the wide receiver position and make it a little bit difficult to know who to start. You know, we liked D.D. Westbrook a little bit on this podcast at the beginning of the year. D.J. Chark, the second year, uh, former second round pick, has looked uh, pretty good through two weeks Um, so I think those guys can continue to produce just because Minshew putting the ball on target for them Um, I I don't mind casting uh, the die in in his direction because I mean Nick Foles was a new quarterback anyway and so in terms of how it was going to affect the rest of the guys in the offense there was no really great way of projecting that for 2019 it was all speculation right I mean we had some data on Nick Foles from previous stops, you know, he had been successful in some places and, um, uh, there were other experiments that were less than successful. So Minshew's basically, you know, a relative unknown and he's looked fairly solid so far. So, um, probably was, you know, claimed immediately following week one in your super flex leagues. Uh, if for some reason he wasn't, uh, sprints out there and drop a large amount of fab on him uh, this week. And uh, in your single quarterback league, you know, he, he probably deserves to be rostered. Uh, really, anything outside of, I mean, geez, anything 20, 20 players or deeper in those formats, Menchu should be added at this point. You know, if he's going to be a mid mid to maybe even high quarterback two, ranking at QB 16 thus far in the year, deserves to be added. I mean, he's, he's a realistic streamer at this point let's look uh using the Rotoviz nfl statics war at what we can expect from the jaguars in terms of the strength of schedule uh particularly with opposing passing defenses they opened the year with kansas city and houston uh which looked to be a a pair of plus matchups of course houston being a division game so anything goes in, in those matchups but uh a little a little tougher sledding for Minshew in weeks three and four coming up he uh, will face uh, the Titans and the Broncos. And then he has uh, kind of a, a trio of, of fairly neutral matchups against Carolina, New Orleans, and Cincinnati. And then in weeks eight and nine, before the team's buys, we're starting to get towards the fantasy playoffs, has a, a pair of what should be juicy matchups with the New York Jets and the rematch uh, with the Texans. So really, we're looking at five out of his next seven matchups, uh, not being too too bad. So go out and get Gardner Minshew. You know, I do think the team will continue to depend on Leonard Fournette. They showed even in going for two and that critical point of the game against the Texans that uh, he was the guy they wanted with the ball in his hands. And, of course, he didn't convert. Um, But I I really don't think much changes for uh, Fournette versus what we thought before the season. Okay, so let's hop over to a team um, that – to a pair of teams with skill players that are much more heavily dependent on in all fantasy formats. And let's talk with the, about the New Orleans Saints first. So Drew Brees, with this thumb injury, going to miss at least six weeks. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater is finally getting his chance uh, to show his worth. And, you know, of course, he hasn't started consistently since 2015, uh, just having uh, one spot start in uh in 2017 and and he appeared in four games in 2018 um teddy bridgewater did not look good uh now granted you know he didn't have the week to prepare and they're on the road uh, against the rams and and what was an emotional rematch from the uh, 2018 playoffs and 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 so we get all of those things and, and maybe he'll look a little different when they can game plan around his strengths but you know teddy bridgewater is not drew Brees. he's not even drew Brees light Um, And, you know, I think we're going to see the volume that we want for Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, um, but I don't think we can expect the same type of efficiency or even touchdown scoring upside in an offense that's captained by uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And so I think you you do have to adjust expectations downward. I mean, Michael Thomas goes from basically being a lock mid-wide receiver one with overall wide receiver one upside to probably being you know, a mid-wide receiver, too, uh, with some weekly upside, depending on what type of game scripts the Saints are going to play in. And Alvin Kamara, uh, I, I think, you know, his touchdown upside becomes cap two, and and that's the concern. It's it, The touch is whenever the concern. I think he's going to continue to get, you know, the checkdowns and, and be involved in the receiving game, and the, the team will perhaps even rely on him more. Uh, so Teddy Bridgewater's not throwing the ball down the field, uh, you know, but this is this is disappointing across the board for the Saints' offense, at least for the next six weeks. So let's look at some of their, their matchups. They opened uh, the year, of course, in that exciting game with the Texans, uh, went on the road and, and and did not fare well against the Rams. They get a Seattle defense in week three. This is a good week for them to get healthy and figure out what Bridgewater can do. I mean, Seattle uh, Seattle gave up just, I mean, all of the fantasy points to the Cincinnati Bengals at home in week one. And uh, even in a game against the Steelers where where Roethlisberger goes down, um, they give up a pair of touchdowns and and some passing production to Mason Rudolph, uh, who, you you know, say what you want about Andy Dalton. But Mason Rudolph is no Andy Dalton, at least uh, not at this point in his career. So, um, you know, week three looks okay. Then they've got a a trio of of neutral to slightly unfavorable matchups against Dallas, Tampa Bay and Jacksonville week seven going to be brutal facing off against the Chicago Bears, and then they will get to face uh, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, which is looks to be a team that will be good uh, for any opponent. Week 9 brings the bye, and Week 10 looks like the target week that everyone is mentioning for Drew Brees to return. So, you know, with Minshew, we think he's going to get the rest of the season, and so that's why I say go spend some money to get him on your squad. Teddy Bridgewater, I'm fine ignoring him. Uh, and, 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 dynasty, because, you know, we're talking about half a dozen starts, probably max, even if things go awry, uh, you're going to have to eat the buy. And then he's got basically neutral matchups, uh, for the rest of the season. And, and you're not starting Teddy Bridgewater in the fantasy playoffs in your dynasty league. You're just not. Um, so I, you know, if you need to spot start him in like a super flex league in week three, that's about as far as I would go. Um, but beyond that, not a player we're really interested in, um, in terms of what to actually do, you know, we talked Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, what should you actually do with these players? Um, I think they're by targets, um, in particular, Michael Thomas, I think people will naturally worry, uh, about what's going to happen there with the severe drop off at quarterback. And so, uh, if he's owned by a competing team and you're maybe in, you know, mid rebuild and you can pivot off of somebody like a Devonte Adams and get a couple years younger, uh, at the position, um, that is something that would be attractive or, or even off of a player like Julio Jones, um, who looks to be, you know, in a spot to rake the rest of the year. And you want to cut off all of those years. Those types of deals could make sense. Kamara, I think people will want to wait and see. And, and honestly, you know, with him being basically a consensus top five dynasty value, Uh, Not sure people will be panicking quite yet on Alvin Kamara. The satellite pieces in the Saints offense, you have to hate it for basically all of them. Latavius Murray, uh, arrowed down. Traquan Smith, who was in a a breakout spot for 2019, I think arrows down there as well. And Jared Cook, uh, I think we all had high hopes for him as a cheap plug-in play just for this season. Uh, Has basically been a non-factor through two weeks uh and in week one maybe by design and then in week two you know they actually tried to get him involved and he he just had a horrible game uh catching just uh two of seven targets so that's my thoughts on the saints now let's go where it really hurts and where it really hurts is pittsburgh ben roethlisberger going down and this offense that has been so key to so many fantasy titles over the last couple of years, really the last half dozen years at this point, ever since uh, Le'Veon Bell showed up in town. I mean, this is brutal. I mean, on this podcast, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster has been the wide receiver one uh, from myself and Travis. Uh, we, we declared that earlier in the summer. And, you know, this doesn't necessarily change the dynasty outlook for him. But for 2019, you know, this ain't great. <laughs> it's definitely not great. Um, some of the same concerns I had about the Saints players and their touchdown upside, you know, would be shared here in Pittsburgh. Although this offense has honestly not looked great, even with Ben in the lineup, and so I think I already had some of those questions about Juju's output for 2019 before Ben goes down. Now, similar to Gardner Minshew's situation, we don't really know what Mason Rudolph is. Um, you know, we just there's there's nothing to go on here other than uh, what he showed us. Uh, coming in, relief against Seattle. You know, he posted 11.2 fantasy points. Uh, seemed to have a lot of success down the right side of the field. 7-10 for 85 yards. Uh, not so hot. Uh, really actually didn't target much uh, on the rest of the field. Uh, he was 3-6 in the middle and 2-3 two, of, two of three down the left-hand side. Did not attempt any deep throws or really even intermediate throws anywhere except the right side. So I think we'll have to pay attention uh, in week three. Which receiver uh, is being used over there? Will the team try to move Juju over there where Rudolph is comfortable, or was he just comfortable looking to a strong side because uh, he doesn't get the reps during the week? Um, something definitely to watch. Vance McDonald uh, had had a nice game here, and you know I think that that could possibly continue. So uh, a, a nice way to rescue his season. He had a pair of touchdowns uh, in this game. James Washington is the player that's very interesting. Very interesting moving forward because of course Rudolph and Washington, college teammates, could we see the return of the Oklahoma State pitch and catch down the field? And James Washington was doing battle with Dante Moncrief, who's looked just horrible. I think he's burned all of his chances in just two weeks. Um and you know, the other the other competition there's Deontay Johnson, the rookie, but Rudolph's familiarity with James Washington is is very key here. And so I think he becomes a nice asset, particularly in Best Ball Dynasty, uh, because of the big play capability. Um, but if you own Washington and you were a little frustrated by his lack of involvement in in Week One, uh, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised Week Three and moving forward. Now let's look at the matchup analysis using the RotoVis NFL Stat Explorer for Mason Rudolph. Of course, the team just played Seattle in a high scoring tight game. They're going to get A neutral matchup against San Francisco, followed by Cincinnati. Cincinnati uh, has been, you know, kind to opposing offenses. And that's, you know, of course, a divisional game, though, so anything could happen. Man, week five, week six is just awful. Baltimore and the Chargers. Um, Rudolph will basically be unstartable in those games. Then we get week seven by, followed by a glorious spot against Miami. And the rest of the year ultimately evens out. Luckily, his next ball, or his next matchup against Baltimore not until Week 17, which of course is not impactful for fantasy purposes. In the fantasy playoffs, in Week 16, he gets the New York Jets. So, if Rudolph does look good over the course of the next handful of games and looks like he's going to be usable, does have a nice a nice uh, fantasy football playoff schedule. In Week 14, he gets Arizona. So weeks fourteen and sixteen really nice uh, for Rudolph, and you know, but I'm hoping that that he shows he can he can run this offense, you know, even at like eighty percent of what we've seen from Roethlisberger in the past. That would help us feel a lot better about Juju for those fantasy playoffs as well. James Connor is ouchy, and I think the team is going to need to have a committee approach moving forward and i'm not sure the rushing game was going to have the upside it did last year or in previous years uh this season anyway i mean it really has just been a total failure to establish anything through 2 weeks so james conner owners i would be a little worried would be a little worried there if somebody wants to pay you 90 cents on the dollar for james conner thinking that they're getting you know a discount where he could you know bounce back um i i would sell I would definitely sell. So if you can get, you know, a future first plus for James Conner, that's great. If you want to pivot off of him for, you know, a player at the wide receiver position, I mean, basically anyone who's a wide receiver too, that's going to have, you know, that that safe dynasty value uh, for years to come, you know, the Brandon Cooks of the world, maybe you can move Conner and a little sauce for somebody like Stefan Diggs, who's had a really slow start this year. Um, Those are the types of moves that I'm trying to make, even if I get to add a future second or something like that. Um, Really like those pivots more so than just trading Connor for picks. Um, So look for those running back needy teams in your league and see what you can do there. Um, Beyond that, uh, I'm not sure there's any other Pittsburgh Steelers to to talk about that are directly impacted by the Mason-Rudolph takeover. Big Ben. Big Ben. I guess let's talk. Let's talk about what it means for the injured quarterbacks moving forward. We've talked about their replacements. We've talked about the players that still got to go out there and and play for us with the replacement quarterbacks. But what about Breeze and Roethlisberger and Foles moving forward? Breeze is in his forties. You know he's going to have this thumb repaired, hopefully, and come back. You know, do I think the team's going to have him sling it? You know, forty times a game, even when he returns, probably not. They got to ease him into it. You know, hopefully you feel good about starting him by the time you get around to your fantasy playoffs. And with Sean Payton signing that five-year extension, I mean, they have to have at least talked about, you know, what's Breeze doing in 2020. And so, I think Drew Breeze is going to play next year. I don't think, you know, unless he is physically unable to perform at a level that's satisfactory to him, I can't see Breeze retiring and going out after a year in which he misses, you know, like half the season. That's just not the competitor we've come to know. Uh, he's got this nice young core of offensive talent around him. Um, the the defense is is in a spot where, you know, this is a playoff team. They were so close to the Super Bowl last year. I, I think he comes back. So, you know, it's not sky is falling for your Drew Brees chairs. Um, and if you wanted to try to buy him on the cheap for a 2020 run, you could try to do that. Super flex, probably not worth it. And single QB. Hey, maybe you can go out there and, and move, uh, you know, I don't know, a, a late future second or a pair of thirds. If somebody's just like, I'm cutting bait, you know, this guy's over the hill and I'm done. Uh, you can make those kind of moves. Um, ben Roethlisberger, it's a tough one. Of course, Ben has played chicken with retirement and, and all of us before. We, we think that we can chalk that up to him being a little bit of a prima donna. Uh, hasn't done that in the last year or two, but it seemed like an annual tradition um, several years ago. You know, I don't know. I don't know. This is an unfortunate injury, and you know, you can see it with pitchers in baseball. You start having elbow problems in that throwing arm. This is this is a big deal, and the team seemed like they were concerned about it coming into the game. And so, you know, you hope you hope that he has a successful surgery. And of course, this is happening so early in the 2019 season that, you know, he really gets an extra few months to rehab, uh, and not just next off season. But yeah, man, I mean, throwing arm injuries to a quarterback are worrisome. So I don't know that, I don't know that Ben is necessarily like a trade target. I mean, I, it's, it's probably, you know, he's on the downturn of his career and his super flex value anyway. Uh, I, I don't know that I go out and buy him a, Unless somebody literally, you know, if, if somebody cuts him, you know, you can pick him up, stash him on your IR, do that in single QB leagues. No one's going to cut him in super flex, but I just don't like buying on spec here. Uh, Mason Rudolph gets so much of this season to play that if he does look decent, I mean, the team's going to have to start having difficult conversations. And so, you know, that's my stance on Roethlisberger. Uh, Nick Foles, you know this just this honestly just stinks. You know he finally gets that big contract, uh, multi year contract. If if Minshew comes in and, and looks the part, you know Foles is stuck in yet another situation where he's like you know the favorite backup in the league. Um, I, I don't want to go by him either, just from for the pure fact that his replacement's going to get to start the entirety of the season. And I'm not sure the Jacksonville offense was going to be a prolific passing attack anyway. Uh, you know, we just wanted certain pieces from it. So um, that's what I am doing with these three quarterbacks and uh, all the players associated. You know, hopefully you like this emergency analysis from a dynasty perspective. We'll be cutting this up on RotoViz from the entire team. to look for our written content over at RotoViz.com. And I'm sure in our full episode this week, Travis and I will get more into the weeds uh, with this on all of these teams.
0: There's ghosts haunting these woods, and they're headed straight for Roaring Camp Railroads. Is it a trick? No. It's Thomas and Percy's Halloween Party. And with a bounce house, pumpkin patch, temporary tattoos and face painting, plus photos with Sir Toppin hats, it's certainly going to be a treat. So get down to Roaring Camp before all the fun disappears. Weekends October 12th through the 27th. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for 2 dollars subs. How would you like it?
2: Uh, I'll take Drill Sergeant, please. You got it. All right, now listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a six-inch meatball marinara. Cold-cut combo. Veggie delight. or black forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just 2 dollars each. Sir, yes, sir! Subway. Make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied.